Good morning, ICF. Man, thanks so much, Katinas, for helping us today again. You know, it's great to have friends, and maybe today you're sitting next to your friend, and maybe it's a family member, but today in the history of the church, Resurrection Sunday is known as the day. The church kind of wakes up on this Sunday to say, hey, we are serving God today because of what happened on this day. Today I'm going to bring you a message that I believe is straight from the Lord. The greatest decision. Now we've been telling you about this message for a number of days, a number of weeks. Right now I need you to share it on your uh, live streams of whatever you're doing, whatever platform, so that we can get more people engaged with us today. Remember our goal was for every one of you to invite one person to join you today. So maybe you're logging in right now and you're just hearing it. And I want you to quickly invite a friend to join us. And um, I'm going to say a quick prayer. And by the time I'm done with the prayer, I pray that we will have uh, tens of thousands of people watching this message because I believe the greatest decision you will ever make will happen in just a few moments. Lord, today help us as we communicate your gospel to the world. Lord, there's people that are on the brink of not knowing what's going to happen in the world and in their life. And Lord, I pray today they make the greatest decision that they will ever make. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, this day is a great day. I love Resurrection Sunday. And today, as we look at the scripture, I chose Mark 11, 22 and 23. Uh, for my verse, it's the verse of the month, and it just fits so appropriately for my message today. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Say, Pastor, that is an unusual scripture for a Resurrection Sunday message. Well, I want you to listen to the whole message and you will see what this uh, is so appropriate for the message I want to give you today. You know, there's a song that the church sings. It's been sung for years. And, you know, I'm not the best singer, but I thought, you know, there's some of you in the room today listening and you'll say, well, I'm going to sing with my pastor. So we're going to sing the song, just a one verse in the chorus of He Lives. Okay, it'll be up there on the screen so you can see it. And I want you to sing with me, okay? I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living Whatever men may say, I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart you ask me how i know 
know, a bunch of you are cheering. You say, I've never heard the pastor sing before. Well, it's Easter and it's resurrection. And I thought, well, how appropriate that we start this message today knowing that our Savior lives. We call this Resurrection Sunday. Today, all around the world, the world is celebrating that our Savior is alive. Today, I want to talk to you about the greatest decision that God made that changed the history of the world. You say, Pastor, that God made? Yes, that God made, that he changed the history of the world. And we are faced with a decision that can change our history for our world. Mm. See, I am convinced, my friend, that God has placed within each of us the ability to make decisions. Sometimes we make good decisions. Sometimes we make not so good decisions. And I pray that at the end of these few moments, that you will make the best decision, the greatest decision that you have ever made. The scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.21, is kind of the basis for how we plant this idea that a decision needs to be made. 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, in right relationship with God. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21, the verses prior to that sets that verse up. I wanted you to hear that verse first so that you understand these few verses prior to that that puts you in the position to decide. You say, Pastor, you're going to ask us to decide? Yes, I'm going to ask you to decide. 2 Corinthians 5, 18. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Today, I am God's ambassador to you. When you are done hearing this message, I'm going to invite you, I'm going to encourage you to share this message as God's ambassador to your friend, to your neighbor, to your colleague, so that they can hear this message of life, this message of truth. And you are going to be God's ambassadors today. If you know Christ, I believe that you will accept this challenge because the world in this moment of time needs to know that there is a Savior who is alive that is ready to come and work on our behalf. So I want you to know that the number one issue here was God had to make a decision. You know, his decision was to get us to himself. So 
that leads us that somebody had to be involved. Someone very valuable to God the Father had to be involved in this process. So our number two point today is that Jesus had a decision. God had a decision. Jesus had a decision. His decision was to obey the Father. Man, that's a hard word to say, isn't it? Obey the Father. His request, the Father's request, was for His Son to leave heaven and to be the supreme sacrifice for mankind. He walked on the earth for 33 years and went through a horrible process. The process of betrayal of one of His own disciples. And then a trial of lies. He went through that process, the mockery of who he was, of friends and people that did not know him. Then he took a beating of lashes upon his back. This was his decision. Why? Because the father had asked him to do this so that he could bring mankind could bring you, could bring me back to a relationship. Be reconciled back to his father. He took those stripes upon his back. He took that crown on his head. He took those nails in his hands and his feet. He was hung on a cross to die for the sins of mankind. Not just for the sins of that day, but the sins for generation and generation and generation to come. And in the end, his decision was loud and clear. From the cross, he yelled with a cry in his voice, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. He was making the appeal to his father for mankind. He was making the appeal for you and for me. Though we were sinners. Though we had done terrible things. He was trying to say to the father, Father, forgive them. I'm being that supreme sacrifice. So that they can be reconciled back to you. That was Jesus' first decision. Jesus had a second decision. His second decision was the fact that the enemy thought by Jesus going to the cross and dying that he had destroyed God's plan. And when they buried him in a tomb, the enemy, Satan himself, thought, hey, there's not going to be any reconciliation here. We've killed the supreme sacrifice. There's no way mankind can get back to God now. And the enemy said, Whoo, I've won, I've won. Jesus' second decision was to say, Oh no. You know, Jesus stayed three days in that tomb. And in those three days, he went down into the region where Satan was. We call it the region of the damned. 
It was hell itself. And he went down there to do warfare, spiritual warfare, to show him that he was greater, that he was victorious, and that he would make sure that he fulfilled God's plan for mankind. That's you and me. So when Jesus went down there, he defeated Satan. He defeated the grave. He defeated hell. So that that is not going to be our place. See, God has prepared a place for that reconciliation with us when we've accepted Christ because of what Jesus' second decision was to bring us back to God. There had to be that warfare. There had to be that fight. And I want you to know, on that third day, it's the day we celebrate today, Jesus came back forth from the grave, triumphant. And I'm telling you, the world knows it. I know it. That's why I can sing. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. I walk with him and I talk with him along life's narrow way. I hope you're rejoicing with me today right now, church. I hope you're saying amen. Amen, pastor. I hope you're sitting there saying, wow, I'm a part of a faith that will never die. I'm a part of a belief that I made. Maybe for some of you, it's been in the last number of weeks. Maybe for some of you, it's been in the last number of months. Or maybe for some of us, it's been years. But I can tell you that today, on this Resurrection Sunday, it was like it was all brand new again for me. My spirit's alive because I'm rejoicing to know that my Savior lives. He is not dead. That tomb is wide open, and it's because He lives. I want you to know He's not on that cross anymore. He's off that cross, and He's out of that tomb. And right now, the Bible says He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and me. He's waiting for us to make our decision, which leads us to a very important portion of Scripture. I, you know, when you think about Easter Sunday and you get to the part where we got to make decisions, I felt that it would be so appropriate for me to read to you a portion of that day. This day, the day that we celebrate. I'm going to read Luke's version, the the disciple Luke. It's coming from chapter 24, verses 1 through 6. On the first day of the week, that's Sunday, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. See, they thought Jesus was in the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. 
He is risen. <laughs> that was the announcement from the angel. He is risen. Remember how he told you. See, Jesus foretold that this was going to happen. And this was the day. Remember how he had told you while he was still with you in Galilee. He told you. He told us. It is written in the Bible that he was going to walk amongst us. That he would give his life as a ransom for us. So for the rest of your life, you will remember that this preacher told you of God's decision for your life. You're never going to forget this day. Because someday you're going to stand before this God that I'm talking about today. And he's going to ask you a pretty important question. Because that's the story of life and death. It's the question of life. The question of, what did you do with my son? What did you do with the Savior of the world? What did you do with the supreme sacrifice? Did you believe? Did you live? So that you know now what God's decision was. And maybe it's the first time you ever heard this. And now I've told you God, God the Father's decision to send His Son, and Jesus's He made two decisions. He obeyed the Father and left heaven. And He went down to hell and destroyed Satan for us so that we can live. See, why did this happen? See, we were born into sin. No one likes to admit that. Nobody even likes to receive that. But we are all sinners because of Adam and Eve and their disobedience. There's that word again, but on the other side, Jesus obeyed, Adam and Eve disobeyed. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What that mean is we entered into this world because of the sins of others. But God sent His Son so that we can be reconciled, brought back to God with a decision. We make the decision to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and the Bible says we will be saved. Wow. That's all I got to do, Pastor, is believe? Yes, the sacrifice was already made. The blood covering has already been done. See, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. That's why there had to be a dying on the cross. That's why the blood had to be shed for us. So that we could have forgiveness of sins. See, your life today without Christ is a life of a hope in a future that you know nothing about. Number two, it's a lifetime of not knowing where you're going to spend eternity. I don't think you want to live your life like that. Then there's the other side. That's your life without Christ. Then there's the life with Christ. As so many of you today are celebrating with us as we're preaching this message and there's thousands of people from around the world that are cheering in their, their houses or wherever they're watching this at this moment. 
And they're saying, yes, I made the decision. I'm a follower of Christ. So your life with Christ, it's a hope and a future. I know where I'm going. A lifetime filled with God's presence and guidance. Isn't that the life you want? A lifetime filled with God's presence. You say, why? Our little children, if you'd ask him today, ask them if I would bring them up on this stage and say, hey, where does Jesus live? Our little children would say, he lives in our heart. If a little child can understand that, everyone can understand that. We invite Jesus into our life. That's why I can say he can lead us and he can guide us. You say, well, pastor, you just said he's at the right hand of the father. Yes, he lives within my heart. It's a belief. It's a faith. It's an acknowledgement that the savior of the world chooses to abide with us, to abide with you, to be your Savior. So that's why today I entitled my sermon, The Greatest Decision. See, you get to make the decision. I wish I could make the decision for everyone that's listening today. My decision would be, choose God. You don't have to go down a road of misery and pain and suffering in your life. An acknowledgement at the end of your life, you're going to be put in a grave and some people are going to say some nice words about you and your life is over. No, my belief is that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. That's why heaven is being prepared. It's not the end of my life when I give up my life here. It's the beginning of my new life in heaven where I will be with Christ and the believers forever and ever and ever. You say, Pastor, you're making all that up. No, 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 no. It's in the Bible. See, my friends, if you believe part of the Bible, you need to believe all the Bible. So don't just believe a few words of the Bible. If the supreme sacrifice is in the Bible, and what I've declared to you today is true, then the rest of the story is true. Did you hear what I just said? The rest of the story, the story doesn't end. It goes on forever. And we get to be with Jesus forever, our Savior, so that when you make the decision, some of you are today sitting in that chair, listening to some, some of you, maybe the first time you've ever seen my face or have ever heard a preacher preach. But I'm telling you the truth, my friend, today. I'm not doing this for something to do. I'm an ambassador of Christ to bring reconciliation. Remember my scripture at the beginning? That's my job. That's what, who I am. I'm Christ's ambassador. For you, I get to tell you the true story. I know a lot of people say a lot of things. I'm telling you the truth today. Look it up for yourself. The Bible has been around a long time. And there's been a lot of preachers before my time. And there'll probably be some preachers after my time. But I can tell you this. The message of the resurrection will always be the greatest decision.
that you will ever believe in. The idea that Jesus lives for you and for me. You know, you say, how does this match up to that opening scripture? I know a lot, I got a lot of people that study and think with me about my messages. Well, I've saved the best for last. See, the decision that I read about in the opening verses of scripture about moving the mountain, I'm talking about when we can move a mountain as far as left to right, as far as you can get. I'm saying that that mountain is the mountain of sin in our life. It's the mountain. It's probably the biggest mountain you will ever face in your life. It's the mountain of sin. It's the mountain of addiction. It's the mountains of disobedience. It's the mountains of the pain and the misery that you have brought on into your life. You say, well, it's somebody else's fault. It may have been somebody else's fault. But you made a choice in your lifetime to not be a follower of Christ. Maybe you're listening today and say, I've never heard this message before. I've never heard that there's a God. I want you to know, my friend, there's all kinds of hope for you. There's a pastor right here in Rome, Italy, that's saying to you, God loves you, and he has a plan for your life. And if you'll believe on the Lord, I can tell you that your life will be changed forever. And maybe you're that prodigal today. Maybe you're that person that's been away from God for some time. Maybe your wife is a follower of Christ. Maybe your children have, have, have accepted Christ in a, in a church and, and they come home and tell you all about that and you kind of turn a deaf ear to it and say, oh, they're just kids. I want you to know it doesn't matter what state you're in right now. You're the person that's out there lost and not having any clue about life going on, the pain and the misery of sin. Maybe you're the good businessman sitting there in that chair and your wife's sitting across the room right now. And you've, for some reason, just decided on this day you're going to listen. I want you to know, my friend, God loves you. That person that's sitting across the room loves you. And they believe in you. And I say this all the time. There's not a sin you've committed that God can't forgive. You say, Pastor, really? You don't know what I've done. Listen, my friend, Jesus died for all the sins. He didn't just die for a few of the sins. He died for all the sins. The sins of all the world. Even for those that beat him. Even for those that put the nails in his hands. Even for those that put that spear in his side. He died for them. So that's why I always say there's not a sin you've committed that God cannot forgive. God can forgive them. Remember his last words were, Father, forgive them. Those same words are for you and me today. Father, forgive them. That's why I've called this the greatest decision. Because right now you get to make that decision. doesn't matter how far you've gone away. If you used to be in church, I'm not talking about your church attendance here. I'm talking about your relationship. Your right relationship with Christ. Remember, the message of reconciliation. Maybe you'll have opportunity to listen to this again. It's, it'll be up on all the platforms and all the streams. 
and you can tie this whole message together again. And I want you to know right now, I want to say a prayer. The prayer is for you, friend, that's listening to this message and you know you need to make a change. God loves you. I'm going to say that again. God loves you. And his decision was to send his son. His son loves you. That's why he decided to go ahead and die on that cross. And I want you to know today, I love you. See, Pastor, you don't know who I am. I love you. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because I love you and you need to hear that. And I have been called to give this message of reconciliation for you today. So listen to this guy's heart. My heart is saying, there's hope for you. And you can make the decision to be a follower of Christ. Today, all you have to do is say a prayer. Ask Christ into my heart. And I want you to know, God will do that. So I want you to say this prayer with me. You're going to repeat this after me right there in your room. Maybe the whole room wants to say the prayer. Maybe the whole family today. I want you to say this prayer with me. The translators have translated. Maybe you're translating in a language, Italian or Spanish, and you're going to have to repeat, but it's going to be fine. You'll get it. So say these words with me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, into my life. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I will stop doing. Because you've just come into my heart. You've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And maybe today you're saying, I just said that prayer. Well, that's not the end of the story. Oh, Man, you've got a church, the International Christian Fellowship of Rome, which we have people from all over the world as a part of our ministry. We are going to invite you to our family. You've just been invited to the family of God, but we want to invite you. You say, I live in Kenya, or I live in Madagascar, or I live in China, or I live over here. It doesn't matter where you live. You can be part of our fellowship. And right now, Online, there's going to be some things that are put up there for you to help you. I'd love for you to send me a personal note. What we do in our church is people fill out their name on a card. And they put those cards within an hour or two on my desk in my office. And I make a commitment to pray for those people for the rest of the year. That's all we do. We pray. See, you, you need some prayer. I need prayer. So I make a commitment to pray. So today, just send me a note. The platform will be there. Type it in. Say uh, email. Uh, you know, they'll be all on that line so you'll know which one you want to do it to. It. And you can send us a note and say, hey, I gave my life to Christ. This is where I'm from. Tell us where you're from. I made the decision to follow Christ. Then if you go to our website, icfrome.org, that'll be up there. We've... We have a way for you to do some things that will help you from this day forward. Because you've lived a, a life up till now without Christ. Now you need to know what do you do with Christ. And, and I'm going to tell you, my friend, you, you need to read your Bible. 
You need to talk to God every day. And you need to have fellowship with other believers. And so on our website, there's ways, there's things that we've got in there that can help you in that journey. And I want you to know we're here for you. So if you send us a note and say, Pastor, I need some help. We're going to try to connect you with believers from all over the world that will help you. And, and I want you to note that today, God's going to take care of you because God loves you. I want to thank all of you for joining us today from around the world. You know, in this time of the virus that has shut us all down and we have to reach out, we don't have our local church attendee services in, in the heart of Rome right now. We're doing it through live streams and, you know, it's just, it's the way it is right now. But last week alone, there was 110,000 people watching us from all over the world. And many of them gave their life to Christ. So you're part of the new family now. And I, I know that, that this is a big adventure for all of us. And church family, I want you to be faithful. I want you to be faithful in your prayers. It may be difficult for you in whatever country you're shut down in right now. For our church family there in Rome, let's be faithful. Let's be faithful in, in our prayer. Let's be faithful in our Bible reading. Because God can help you get stronger. And, and there's means and, may, and ways to connect with us in our prayer meeting uh, on Wednesday night and our groups on Thursday, our young adult studies throughout the week. Well, just connect. You can go online and find out when all those things are. But I want to encourage you in your faithfulness of your giving. There's going to be put up on the screen now some ways for you to give online. This ministry is going to keep going forward. The bills still have to be paid. And we're going to be, we're going to be okay. It's going to be fine. The faithfulness of those people in Rome have been incredible. But I want to reach out to our online campus around the world. There'll be ways because of wire transfers and the way our banking institutions work that you will be able to go online and give. And those ways will be placed on the screen now for you to spend time, write them down so that you can give online. And, and I want to just challenge each of us. This is Resurrection Sunday. Let's give a special gift today to honor the Lord, to say, let the work of the Lord keep going. I have a lot to celebrate because He lives. And I'm going to make a generous donation today to this ministry. It's not coming to me. It's going to the church. It's going to help the church keep doing what we're commissioned to do. Be God's ambassadors to the world. I want to thank you again for joining us. Please share this. I want to see my church family, I want to see this shared around the world. I want more shares than we've ever had. Say, Pastor, there's 100,000 last week. No, no, I'm shooting for 200,000 this week. So do your job. Help us be the ambassador. You're the ambassador too. And we're going to celebrate when we get to tell you next week all these people that have accepted Christ today. My friend, if you made that decision today to follow Christ, I want you to know, don't, don't just leave it here. Send us a note. Tell us what country you're from and what your name was, and I can start praying for you. And I'm going to tell you, this is going to be the best decision you've ever made. I love you. I am praying for you, and I believe in you. God bless you.